Hello, 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 hello. Hey, y'all. Hello, world. Everyone here and there and everywhere. It's your girl, Iman, the original, coming to you with the first episode of Loud Conversation, where we talk about weed, art, and politics, and everything, you know, in between. So today is Monday, June 27th, and it's 8.22 a.m. Ow, 8.22, angel number. Anyway, (laughs) it's 8.22 a.m., Monday, June 27th, and um, a lot of things are going on in the world. It's 2022, by the way, you know, for those who are listening light years ahead or before, wherever. Um, Yeah, so... It's June 27th, 2022, Monday morning, and here we are. A lot has been happening in the world. A lot is going on. Last night was the BET Awards. The culture really showed up and showed out as per usual. Um, But what you can really sense with that is a sense of... uh, What I really sensed from that was a sense of solidarity amongst each other, unity, a lot of unity that I felt the energy of unity and solidarity and humanity and divine femininity word that was that was that was the energy that was channeled last night and um let's just give it up for the culture give it up for the culture yeah so <laughs> um yeah, my name is Iman the Original, Iman Essiet, Iman, Iman the Original, that's who I am, from Brooklyn, New York, I'm a sustainable designer, and I'm into the arts and all things political and all things cultural and all things, all the things that are needed and necessary. So one thing that's really on my spirit is this Roe v. Wade decision, I didn't really want to jump right on into that. Like, I didn't really want to talk about it, Uh, you know, didn't really want to talk about this whole thing, this whole situation, but I believe that I'm supposed to chat about it, especially because, you know, you said we talk about politics here, and for whatever reason, this is a political issue, and uh, most things become political issues, do they not? Uh, That's interesting in life. Things, a lot of things that you say, oh, is this political? Okay, okay, that's a political issue, cool. All right. So, Roe v. Wade was overturned uh, on Friday, I believe, and there's been a lot of uproar. I haven't really seen um, what the pro-life people have been saying. And, um, you know, as we're getting into the show, I, I'm going to look into that. But I've seen a lot of, like, you know, mostly everyone is just like, what? In the pro-choice world. Uh, Yeah, in the pro-choice world, people are just like, what is going on? And in the pro-life world, it seems like most people are happy, I guess. But let's see. Ooh, so I see a couple of headlines here. 
And they're talking about the woman who brought down Roe v. Wade wants to take abortion battle to California. Uh, so. Goodbye, Roe v. Wade. You just see a lot of people like in the street and like just their facial expressions. And there's some people are. Some people are happy. Some people are angry. And most women feel like it's an attack on them. So let me give you a little bit of background on me and who I am and the things that I've done in my life. So in 2012, I participated along with 38 other women in a walk called the Back to Life Movement. And it was a prayer walk, a 21-day journey, where we walked from Houston to Dallas. We walked from Houston, Texas, to Dallas, Texas. Now, what is the significance of that? Let's get into that. Houston, Texas is where the America's largest planned parenthood is. It's a big old, big old, big old... I could curse because I said it's explicit. So it's a big-ass building. (laughs) And it kind of looks like a stepladder or something. It's just really huge. So this was in 2012, right? And we walked from Houston to Dallas. So Houston, again, the largest Planned Parenthood, right? And then to Dallas. Significance of Dallas. Dallas is where Roe v. Wade was won. So... That's what's that. That's the significance of why we walked. So we walked for 21 days, <laughs> 260 miles, uh, give or take a few, you know, more or less. I think it may have been more or it may have been less. It would, No, it wasn't less. It, was, it may have been more. But 260 miles from Houston to Dallas, 21 days, 39 women. And yeah, it was uh, the Back to Life movement. And again, we were walking to actually overturn (laughs) Roe v. Wade. We were walking to for the ending of abortion in America. Uh, Yeah, so how did I get involved in that, you may ask? So, another black story. Um... I've had five abortions. I've had five, five abortions, ladies and gents. One, two, three, four, five. And I'm not ashamed to say those things because that's just, that's a part of my story. That's a part of my journey. So never let, you know, anyone feel ashamed or be ashamed of who you are, what you've done or anything like that. It is what it is, right? So I've had five abortions. The first one I had when I was 16, I had like abortion back to back, then three more, you know, Mm, yeah. So I'm a five-time post-abortive woman and I got, you know, into that walk because of that. How it happened exactly was that I was a part of a church and they was having a ministers and leaders conference. I was like, all right, cool. I really felt drawn and called to, like, I must be at this ministers and leaders conference. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to be there. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know what was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And 
long story short, a a way was made out of no way. And here we are at the Ministers and Leaders Conference because, you know, I'm I'm in Brooklyn, I'm in New York, and, and I'm like, how am I going to get there? I don't know, I don't know. And the church was in Atlanta. So um, I just didn't, you know, have the things I needed to get there. So I was like, all right, cool. So it ended up working out, ended up being there. Um, me and another uh, sister from that church, we were both believing for the same thing, and we ended up getting there, and we got there. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we're doing ministers and leaders conference things. And I walked past a woman. And (laughs) I walked past a woman by the name of Star. And her and her mother, I remember seeing them on the, you know, on the screen and stuff like that. I remember seeing them on the screen and saying, okay, like when I'm watching you cuz it's a it's a church that has many locations. So when I'm watching from me and being in New York and I'm watching the church in Atlanta, I remember seeing them on the screen and I remember being spoken about them that their family member, their you know, his name was Otis, who happened to be Star's grandfather, was one of the he was not he was a part of the Azusa Street Revival, which is like this whole big revival thing that happened in California um, a while back. But aside from that, he was actually, um, yeah, he was actually one of the, at that time, one of the, one of the, like, survivors of, you know, Tulsa. You know, the massacre that happened in Tulsa with us folks, us black folks and stuff like that. And um, that was really interesting. So anyway, I walked past and I saw Star and her mom and I just, you know, was drawn to, to talk to them and engage with them. And she actually was a part of the walk. And I don't know what told, like how we even got on the topic of abortion or anything like that. You know, and it just happened to be that was what we were talking about. And, um, you know, I just started talking about how I felt about it and talking about my testimony and how I've had five and and the things that I believed about it and, and things of that sort. And, um, you know, then, you know, Star's mom really pushed her, Miss Gwen, she really pushed her to say, you know, hey. I really need you to um, tell Iman about the walk that you're doing and stuff like that. So then I, that's how I got involved in it. And then she was like, wow, you know, you know, she connected me. So I connected the dots and I did the, the work to get into that. So shout out to Star for that one. And Miss Gwen, for real. And RIP to Brother Otis. And um, that's how that happened. So fast forward, I get back to New York and um yeah i immediately get engaged because this was like a prep 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 walk like they were having like all types of prep work like meaning like assignments homework and all this type of stuff meetings weekly and and it was just it was a really organized thing this walk it wasn't just some fly by night type of thing so you know we get organized, and uh, the Back to Life movement, which was organized by Laura Allred, 
and um you could check you could like google it i guess uh yeah so i get get prepped and ready for the walk do end up doing the walk it was a it was such an experience and um I was at the time I was 22 years old. Well, I was 21 and during the walk in the midst of the walk I turned 22 cuz my birthday happened to be like during the while we were doing the walk. March 16th, shout out to all the Pisces in the building. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's how I was I was at at that time that's what I was doing, that's what I was engaged in. And we walked, again, for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. We walked for the ending of abortion in America. And during that time, like I said, we were doing a lot of prep walk, a lot of preparatory work and things like that for the walk. And I learned a lot about, you know, uh, the culture of abortion, uh, if you will, and, and things of that sort. So... I just said, okay, 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 okay. What are things that I learned? I learned who the who the creator of Planned Parenthood was, Margaret Singer. Mm. I just when I said her name, I saw like it, like again, I'm from Brooklyn, so you know, in in Brooklyn we have uh the the Brooklyn Museum and. They have this whole, like, table thing. It's, like, a whole seat at the table for me. Like, it represents... For me, it's, like, giving in a Last Supper energy type of, like, who would you want to eat with, you know, that type of energy. Anyway, Margaret Sanger has a seat at the table. And I've always despised her seat at the table because... Excuse me. <laughs> because... um, Her seat at the table, for me, represents eugenics it represents hatred of um my blackness and it doesn't represent anything about anything that i i would agree with when it comes to who margaret singer is like she was a eugenicist and the whole background with creating planned parenthood was to begin to exterminate the black race so I don't get down with um I don't get down with the foundation of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't get down with Margaret Singer. And then the crazy thing about it with my story is that um I've had five, all five of my abortions at at the Margaret Singer Planned Parenthood, that Planned Parenthood specifically on Bleecker Street in New York, in the city in in Soho. You know what I'm saying? And it that one is specific it's like it's the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I just I just I don't agree with who she was as a person. I don't agree with why she um <laughs> why she is even, you know, seen as some type of someone to look up to in in the fight for women's rights. Um, and I just want to, like, you know, I guess touch on that because I am a black woman and I am a pro-life woman. And when I say I'm a pro-life woman, it's not to 
move away from uh, people who say, oh, they want to have the right to choose. They want to have the right to choose. Everyone should have the right to choose to do whatever they want because free will is the is the thing that was given to us, you know, as as divine beings on this earth. You know, one thing that we have been given is free will. So anybody who does override that, they are crossing a line and a boundary. For me, it always goes back to just what is the history of this thing? What is who are these people who found it? found it, what is the background and the understanding of it? And I feel like I definitely can talk about certain things because I've had five abortions. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just coming from, you know, I feel like I see a lot of women. I'm not coming from like a space of, oh, yes, yes, women's rights. And I've never experienced an abortion before in my life. And that's, you know, that's not, I'm coming from a woman, a, a standpoint, a viewpoint of a woman who's had five abortions before at the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood, you know? Um, and I just, I can, I'll, I'll talk about my experiences, um, with the abortions and, you know, the first one, like I said, I was 16 when I had the abortion and I just feel like, hmm, I just feel like it was, it was not, it was not all that it's cracked up to be like, it's, I don't know what it's painted as like, it's, you know, Planned Parenthood is like the safe space and all this other stuff. But for me, it was just like an uh, assembly line, a factory line, if you will, an assembly line, (laughs) like, all right, next, next, next 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 like that you feel me and that's the energy you go in there and it's packed (laughs) it's packed with niggas and bitches (laughs) okay it's packed with us negroes it's packed with us brown people black people it's packed with us up in there what are they doing what's going on and mo and those we're we're all there for the same thing we're not there for our checkups. We not. We all looking around. We all giving each other the same looks because we know what we there for. You know what I mean? And that's that's what was going on with it. And it's giving very much assembly line, it's factory, and collecting of of organs and tissues or something. I don't know what's going on. What's going on there? Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> it's just um, a lot of stuff that. A lot of emotional stuff that happened to me when I went there. I remember, I remember after my first abortion, I I did it because I was extremely scared. I was sixteen and pregnant. <laughs> Cliche, right? I was sixteen. I was pregnant. I was already labeled as this uh, rebellious child and all this other crap. So I'm like, oh lord, another another label to put on me. So I just wanted to like hush hush. Get this done real quick. Nobody has to know. Right? Yeah. So that happened. And then I end up getting pregnant again. And I'm like, all right, I cannot keep on having abortions after abortions. What is going on? You know? Um, And I went and I... I went and I scheduled that second... um, I went and I scheduled the second abortion. Mind you, I didn't actually want to have the abortion. Uh, I was raised... My sister, you know, she was there and I was, I was on the phone with, 
I was on the phone with the the father of the child's cousin, you know, my baby father's cousin. <laughs> I was on the phone with her and we were just talking about the whole situation. And my sister, you know, she had picked up the phone and she heard. So that's how she found out. And then she was just pretty much like, you better get an abortion. You better get an abortion, child. You better get an abortion. And you better get an abortion. You better get an abortion. And everybody's screaming abortion, abortion, abortion. And that's not, that wasn't, you know, my, that's not what I wanted. And I just heard like, you know, you know, the whole, my body, my choice thing. It was my body and it was my choice, but it was like abortion was forced upon me at that moment. And, um, you know, even if it was the whole adoption, like adoption is really an option, you know, I'm just saying, but whatever. But it was abortion was really forced upon me in that moment. And I was just like, wow, okay. So I kind of was forced to get that abortion. And it really hurt my spirit, hurt my soul. And I really became even like, just like, a cold stone like version of myself like just just more of a shell of myself like a part of me really just became messed up after that just because it was just like damn why is all these forcing me to try to get an abortion like that's not what I want to do like you know I feel like I you know I've done the deed now let me just you know let me do what I need to do in regards to this and that's it you know but they really like it, I was forced to get that, and um, I remember during the time at the Planned Parenthood, the second abortion, um, I asked to see. I asked to see the um, the sonogram of the child uh, because at that time I was three months pregnant, and at that time. And when you really look at the process of it, a lot of women, most women don't really know that they're pregnant until like, you know, three months in and and it's all this like clump of cells business being talked about and all this other stuff and all this other jazz. But it's like by that time, like, you know, things are forming in, in the body and things like that. So I asked to see the I asked to see the sonogram. The woman at the Planned Parenthood was like, no, it was like, it wasn't like a, no, you shouldn't. It was like a no. And I'm like, damn, bitch, what the fuck? I can't see it. And then I'm like this little like teenager. Like, so it's like, okay, whatever. I guess I can't see it. And it just, I just took her no as, as that's, that's the response and that's it. And she was real adamant about like, no. And I'm like. Why can't I see the fucking sonogram? Because if it's really about choice, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me see the whole, let me, let's weigh all of it. Like, let me see all of it. Let me, all of the options I want to know about what's going on. I want to know what's going on with me and things like that. So that kind of pushes you to believe, like, there's some type of agenda going on or something. Because it's like, why can't see the, you know, why can't see the sonogram? Because then I'm going to see, like, oh, this is not just a clump of cells. This is actually a human being formed in my womb. Oh, my God. What's going on? This is not just a clump of cells, like you're telling me. I just believe a lot of propaganda is is spewed out of this whole Planned Parenthood thing. Like I said, Margaret Sanger, her original, you know, motive was exterminating the black race, Okay. 
And that's what it is. And when you look at the Planned Parents and you look at the statistics of who's getting abortions and things like that and what's going on and who Planned Parenthood is befriending and what communities they're befriending, we understand and we see that it's black people and people that are brown, you know, you know, we see who's really under attack. So... It's just, you know, like I said, people, we have free will. We do. We do. We do have free will. And we should have the right to choose whatever we want to choose. But my whole thing is not to sit here and, and force somebody to believe something that they don't believe. But my my my, I feel like my job is definitely to educate and definitely to be a mouthpiece for the experience that I've had. And give understanding of what I've gone through, and for us to have background, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for an organization that was founded on the the extermination of my race. I can't, I can't say they're my, they're, they're my friend. I love them. I can't say that. I can't get down with them. I can't. I cannot. I can't agree with them on any terms. And I, and I can only talk about my experiences that I've gone through. And there and there's reasons why I've gone through those specific experiences. There's a reason why I asked to see that sonogram and the woman was like, no. And I'm like, damn, okay. And or I went through all this and then now I went I did that walk and then now here I am ten years later and Roe v. Wade is overturned. So when we talk about women's rights and we talk about what's you know what's right for a woman. I just want to know when did it be when? Hmm. I want to know why a woman's body becomes a battlefield. Why? Why does it have to become a battlefield? And why does um the very womb that we were given by the divine to bring forth life? Why does that even become a place where we would argue for it to be a tomb or a womb? Why why are these political issues? Those are the questions that I have in regards to this whole situation. Why do those things become political issues? Why are we arguing over if a woman's womb, which was created for to bring forth life, should be a tomb or not? And I hear the arguments about, I hear people talking about, oh, rape and incest. And it brings me, when I was thinking about that, it was like, it brings me to think about, is this a political like people are using this as a political power play issue and things like that but does it more so get us to think about what is the state of our culture what is the state of our society what is the state of our humanity like how far gone have we how far have we removed ourselves from our original functions and what we were originally you know created to be and do how far have we removed ourselves 
from just our humanity. (laughs) Yeah, where it's like men are dictating what should be done to a woman's body. And that's weird. And then you also have women who have never gone through, say, the experiences I've gone through or other black women have gone through. But they're fighting so adamantly about the right to choose abortion. Another thing that has come to my mind as we're having this conversation is that what was, um, you know, a part of the whole preparatory work with, you know, back to life movement. And, you know, there was, there was this, there's this documentary called Blood Money. And it's with a woman who, a former, who worked, who formerly worked in the abortion industry. And she said, flat out that the goal for the abortion industry, what their goal was, is to get three to five abortions out of women, period. You know, that abortion literally is a big business, you know. Abortion is a big business. And another thing, like I said, going back, we talked about, you know, who, what are the communities that are being funded? I mean, you know, where the Planned Parenthoods are. You know, and it's we see them in our communities. I know that the Bronx specifically, at one point, and I have to see on the statistics now, but at one point, the Bronx was literally the abortion capital of the United States of America, where that was the highest rate of abortions coming out of the Bronx. So I just have to look at just like what exactly you know what what is going on in this world when we we talk about our rights and and things like that because if abortion is actually a big business because we have this documentary called blood money and you have women women who were working in the abortion industry speaking out on what really goes on in the abortion industry and how their goal is to get three to five abortions out of a woman. Hey, I'm one of them. I had five. Wouldn't we really have to really see what exactly are we fighting for? Because um, the the scripture, a scripture is coming to mind is like in when it talks about my people perish for lack of knowledge because a lot of times we get down with certain fights and it's like, is this really our fight? And let's do um, some background research on what it is and what's really going on and who's who and what is what and what's really the agenda of these organizations that love coming up into our communities and pushing these ideologies down our throats. And it's like, who are you working for and what is your goal? Because I'm not getting down with an... I had all of my... Like I said, I had all five of my abortions at that Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood on Bleecker Street. Like, nah, bro. Like, Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist, bro. Like, I'm not... I don't get down with it. I don't get down with that whole ideology of, of, of what... You know, they like to push and shove things down our throat. Down our throat, meaning black people, brown people, black people specifically. I don't have a problem saying black people 
And it's, I don't have a, like, with, I'm just saying, like, I'm not afraid to say, like, black. You know what I'm saying? Like, black. Like, they love shoving ideologies and things down our throats. And it's like, whose agenda is it really? And who is profiting from this agenda? Because if the woman talks about in the documentary Blood Money, which I suggest you guys check out, that there is a big business behind abortion, then what is what are we really fighting for? What we need to be fighting for, in my opinion, is societal change, change in society, change in the way that women are, are, are viewed in our power, taking back our power. And I feel like a lot of women say, like, this is, this is us taking back our power. But it's like, <clears throat> how is our, is us taking back our power dictated by whom, though? dictated by whom who is dic- who is doing the dictation who is the one really pulling the strings of your mind and um i just feel like <laughs> i just feel like we really need to to really educate ourselves on who margaret singer was what parent what parenthood was founded on and what the abortion industry really stands for and we really need to start pushing for more of a societal change. So I think that I am going to I think that I'm going to um end it here and then we'll pick up more on, you know, thoughts because, you know, this is, I feel like this is just the beginning of some stuff, you know what I mean? It's just the beginning of some stuff, you know? Um, and we're going to get more into this whole Roe v. Wade thing and we're going to get more into the education of, of understanding. I'm going to really, I'm going to really use my platform to really, to do that, to educate on who, who this eugenicist was and give us an understanding and let's dive in more to what exactly should we be fighting for as women because I am not denying that we are oppressed and the black woman okay is indeed the most oppressed of us all so uh uh-uh I'm not here for that I'm not here for saying oh I'm I'm against I am a black woman so I boy do I know oppression I'm a black woman in America so if you ask me if I know oppression I know oppression honey okay but I really want us to understand I don't want us to be those that perish for the lack of knowledge I want us to get up understanding on who these people are, what are their agendas, and what how can we create our own fight and understand what what rights should we be really fighting for as women. But anyway, that's it for today, folks. I hope that you enjoyed the chat and I hope that you come back. I hope that you come back for more. <laughs>